Welcome back to Josh Takes, where you're going to hear a breakdown of episode 10 of Survivor 42 from a guy who somehow manages to keep his toenails intact year after year. That's right. I'm Josh. Welcome back, everybody. This week, I'm also bringing on um, a guest, someone else to help talk about this episode and everything that went down. My friend, Mr. Nat Higgins. Uh, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Josh Takes, Nat. Um, I, uh, I I would love to hear first and foremost, just like, what are your overall impressions of the season? Uh, is it, you know, a season you feel like it doesn't have the potential to be a top half season, a top 20 season, top 10. What, what are you, what are you thinking so far? Yeah. So great question. Great to be here. Glad to be on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, and I think the cast has the potential to be a top 10 cast. I don't know if the season as a whole has is going to be there. The, the, I think the production might be getting in the way of it a little bit um, <laughs> o- overall, but um, I, the cast is phenomenal. They did such a good job with it. Uh, if they do have future seasons where they call uh, re- returners back, I have a feeling a lot of those returners will come from, from this uh, season. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really good point. I think that is – uh yeah, I, I, something I definitely agree with that this is like a a really really good cast. I mean, I think you know last season I felt like the cast was also good, but I would I would yeah. definitely put season forty two above season forty one, particularly like the level of strategy that is present in each player's minds is just like so high. Like of course we you know we have like the Rocks Royce of the season. Um, <laughs> sure. which, sorry if you're a big Rocks Royce stan, Matt, but uh, yeah, I don't think. No, I'm not. <laughs> but you know, like that's few and far between, at least again, I, I think I said this last episode, but even like Jonathan, like somebody who's like this big challenge beast, he's trying to be strategic. Whether or not he's successful is yeah. another question, but um, yeah. So a- anyways, I mean, even any- Rocks Royce had a little bit of strategy, right? Like he wasn't without strategy, uh, but just comparatively to the rest of the season, he was falling flat, right? And even Romeo, like in this episode, he talks about how he's like kind of laying low, which is a strategy in and of itself. So it doesn't feel like a strategy, but it is, right? So yeah, yeah I think you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. Everyone's like super strategic in this this episode or this season as a whole. Yeah, no, I, yeah. And I think that's what, for me, just really stands out. I, I think that like, of course, there's also good characters and really fun personalities. And it's, uh, you know, a lot of diverse perspectives. Um, which also boost up the cast. So I think I think this I think I might be a little bit more bullish than you on the potential for this the how good the season might rank for me at the end. Um, but uh, I think it does depend a lot on how the end game shapes out. So we'll, we'll yeah, see. yeah, it has potential to get there for sure. But the end game is going to dictate where where it ends up landing. I think. Cool. Well, uh, so Nat, I know you have an interesting survivor journey. Um, but let's, before we get a little bit more into the, the weeds of the season, tell me more about how you, uh, became a, uh, a fan of this show and, uh, yeah, what it's been like, um, you know, catching up on all these, uh, past seasons recently as I know you have been. Yeah. So, uh, my survivor story starts when it starts, like, uh, my family watched it. Um, so I watched the end of season one and season two and season three. But then after that, like during like the when it was actually airing originally, um, but then I kind of like fell off because I was kind of doing my own thing. I wasn't like watching TV with my family all the time. I I went off to college, all that jazz. Um, And so I just kind of stopped, but not because I didn't love the show. I always loved the show, but I just like never had the time for it. And and streaming wasn't really a thing. I I found some, you could find some episodes here or there illegally, which I didn't really do because it was pretty difficult. Um, and so, so then when the pandemic hit, I, my wife and I were living with a roommate at the time and they would go off and watch, I'm pretty sure they were watching the bachelor. And so I was like, all right, I need to watch something that's not that because I don't like that show. Um, <laughs> and so I went and watched my own, uh, reality show survivor. And, uh, but I started at the beginning. I, I, I had watched season one a couple of years prior to that. So I started with season two again and just and just started there and just to see where I was going to end up. And then, so that was in March, 2021. And then I went through all the seasons, literally all 41 seasons so fast that I ended up catching up and watching the season finale of 41 and watched it live. Um, <laughs> so I, I went pretty quick. 
I was super into it. Josh, you know this, but I was sending you text messages all the time with my thoughts about the different seasons and all that was going on. Uh, but yeah, I kind of blitzed through it, but I've, I've now seen every episode um, from start to finish. Yeah. I loved, I loved getting your messages. I know you were worried about, you know, are you uh, bombarding me with your thoughts after each, each uh, season with your, with your hot takes. And I was, yeah, very clearly trying to communicate that you were not, I loved, I loved it, especially since like, you know, I'm, I'm more tapped in on like the, you know, online survivor community and what kind of like the general consensus takes are on stuff. And sure. it's always fun, like with when friends watch new seasons and they have like different, you know, different takes than what they know, you know, to be the consensus online and stuff. So um, I'll have to revisit some of those, uh, some of those messages you were sending me and try to, <laughs> try to find out what the spiciest of those, uh, yeah, the hot takes are. I think probably the spiciest is that I am a challenge person. I love people that do well in challenges more than I think the general public does. Now that I'm actually like following people on Twitter and stuff. Yeah. I think I, I like challenge high performers better than most people do, I think. Yeah. Which, I, yeah, that's definitely not my favorite thing about Survivor. Uh, yeah. It definitely like more of the, like, I, I like the strategy the most. And then also of totally. course, like, the social dynamics, which I know you, you're a fan of too. But challenges, I just, I, they sometimes, and, and you know this now with the more recent seasons, is they get a little repetitive. My wife and I, yeah. we just rewatched, um, well, for me, a rewatch, but for Kimberlyn, it was the first time watching um, season 14, Fiji. And uh, we okay. were like, we just got finished watching that this week. And we were just like, kind of like blown away because I forgot about like how some of, these old challenges used to be more unique and creative. And so I kind of, yeah. kind of hope that they, they get some new, new blood, new life into like the uh, challenge production uh, team or something, because I feel like things have got to, you know, get shaken up a little bit there. Cause it's kind of, as we'll see, I mean, as we've seen this season, it's a lot of just like endurance challenges where you just have to like, you know, stand there and, you know, uh, be in an uncomfortable position or hold something very still or balance or, you know, some combination of those things. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely like some, some more variety in the challenges and just more creativity. They used to be so creative and now they're you know, exactly like you're saying, just like it's, it's purely awarding the athlete where prior you had to be more than just an athlete a lot of times, especially later on in the season. Yeah. Uh, you, you had to think critically and, and problem solve a little bit more than you do nowadays. Yeah. Yeah, this is actually, I think, like one of the least puzzly seasons that we've ever seen. Um, oh, yeah. Good point. Like there really hasn't been um, a big puzzle, I don't think, post-merge. I, I might be forgetting something, but I don't even know if there's been a um, challenge that has like um, been primarily a puzzle or ended with a big puzzle uh, in the post-merge. There's probably been one. I'm probably forgetting about one or something, but... Yeah, I um, think there has, but you're right. Most of the time, post-merge, they lean more puzzly. Yeah. And this season they're not. I wonder if that's just because they want to make Jonathan look good or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I think it probably has a little bit to do with the the new twenty six day format of the new era and them like wanting to make things a little bit more tougher. I think they want. I think they want the physical people to be kind of like I think valued in the team challenges more, so they have a chance to to make the post merge, and then I think probably like just give those people a shot at yeah doing well someone like jonathan so I, yeah i don't know um okay so let's uh let's get into this episode though so i'm gonna start off with giving a josh award as i typically do for each episode um and then i i know i had asked you ahead of time to come up with your own nat award um, yeah well so i'll go first um my yeah. my josh award and this is you know this could have been given out any you know any episode really in the last like you know a uh, few weeks but uh, I'm giving Omar the SBD award. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that acronym, Matt, but that stands for silent but deadly. And uh, I just, this is just another absurd episode where Omar, you know, gets his way. What's crazy to me is that it started off like Omar really was silent uh, and there wasn't really a lot of strategy happening in the first half, first even like probably three quarters of the episode that involved Omar, you know, like, uh doing what he wanted to do but then at the very end you know uh they show of course drea revealing the information about her advantage to omar and then it's just you know uh omar gets to work you know he brings in Lindsay, and by the end of the episode of course Dre is the one who goes home and i just it, it, it's 
blowing my mind. I, like how good Omar is at the social dynamics of the game that people are trusting him. We even hear Omar or Romeo. I think it's this episode might've been last episode saying like, you're the only person I trust out here. Like yeah. Lindsay trusts Omar so well. We see Mike trusting Omar. It's just like, and then of course, Jonathan, like, you know, has Omar really tight as well. And so it just is like, yeah, it's just blowing my mind how every single vote has been dictated by him. The only exception was when they split the tribe in half and Omar couldn't. They had to put people on a different <laughs> beach for Omar not to have control over what happened at that vote. So, uh, yeah, it just, I mean, but even then, I mean, even then, I'm just going to say it, Omar sent Roxroy home, which like was a domino that fell and resulted oh, in yeah. going home. So even then, Omar's shadow loomed large over the other tribal councils. So Silent but deadly SBD Josh Award going to Omar this week. I, I love it. I think that's great. And and honestly, I I was thinking earlier today when I did my rewatch, he is playing a similar social game to Ricard from last season. Um, Ricard was better in um, in some of the challenges. They're not the same person, but they have that similar social awareness where like they get people to trust them. Um, and can like stab people in the back a little bit uh, without it get, like them turning into the villain for doing so, uh, which is like, it takes a lot of skill to be able to do that. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a great award for, for Omar. He, he's definitely playing a, a high caliber game right now. Yeah. The only, the only difference I'd say between Omar and Ricard, because I think they do have the like very similar playing style and like skill level is that Omar has also on top of playing like Ricard somehow hidden his threat level, which like mm-hmm. Ricard at this point was really looked at as like one of the biggest threats, right. To get out at this game. Yeah. You know, he goes home, uh, you know, right before the end um, at, I think the final five spot. And so Omar might suffer the same fate, you know, of course we, you know, there's two votes. He's still got to get through to, to at least get to the point or where he'd beat um, Ricard's placement. But it's just like it's crazy that like he's his threat level is so low for being somebody who's dictating each vote. Yeah, and, and I think that comes down to there being a few strategic shields in front of him, not necessarily like physical shields like there have been in the past, but but to your point earlier, everyone's so high strategically, so he has more people to hide behind um, and can be subtle, and it's it's not noticed by anyone. Where Ricard was trying to do the same thing, I think, but. He didn't have as many people to hide behind it, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, especially not after Shan went home. Then it was kind of, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. he kind of was in her 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 shadow there. But then, yeah, definitely, like he uh, yeah. was uh, kind of exposed. So yep. hit me with your Nat Award. Let's hear it. Yeah, so my Nat Award goes to Lindsay. Uh, she gets the It's Time to Cash Out Award. She shouldn't go to Vegas. Uh, <laughs> she needs to cash out her chips. She needs to be done. She used all of her luck there. I'm uh, I'm so stoked she did because uh, it was really entertaining to watch. But yeah, she uh, she got really lucky there. And uh, yeah, don't go to Vegas, Lindsay. You will lose money because you used all your luck. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. We'll get into the uh, the Monty Hall problem of it all yeah. uh, in a little bit. But um, yeah, I, Lindsay, uh, I'm so glad that she stayed. We'll just yeah, that's all I'll say for yeah. now. Uh, very very happy she stayed. She's been playing really well as well. Um, okay, so let's let's get into the episode. We'll, we'll start at the beginning here. Um, you know, we see uh, High voted off last week, which again, just RIP to my winner pick. Uh, Nat, did you have a winner pick uh, early in the season? I, I forgot to go through the survey and see if you filled one out. I did. I I took a flyer on Swati. Is that how you pronounce her name? Uh, um, I think Swati. Swati. Yeah. Swati. Okay. Um, so I took a flyer on, on Swathi. I thought she was going to do really well. I think she just overplayed her hand a little bit. She promised uh, being everyone's number one and she got caught. Um, but uh, yeah, high was a, a good, good pick on your part. Yeah. I mean, again, I picked him before the season even started, felt like he was, you know, at least self-aware enough to, to see how he'd be perceived. I, he also similar to Swathi just a little bit later, I think was playing a little too, too aggressive and, and, you know, was just out in front and kind of got caught as a threat, which, uh, yeah, I, I think was his ultimate downfall. But, um, yeah, so we, we also see after, you know, the fallout of, of high going home, 
um, we see this, this kind of extended moment, which was kind of interesting because we don't get a lot of like long camp life moments um, that yeah. don't involve explicit conversations about the vote. But we see um, what I, if I had to give a name to the segment, I'll call it the hangry Jonathan segment. Um, it's, it's a mixture <laughs> of, of him um, telling us, you know, explaining how he's perceiving his own situation there being hungry. He's this big guy. He's, you know, not, he's eating as many calories as other, as other people, but that's not, you know, equitable in his, his mind because he is so much bigger, which makes sense. Like he'd be having a harder time with hunger than, you know, someone who might be, uh, yeah, half his size like Romeo. Um, but then, uh, yeah, we see him lashing out at, at, at Drea. Uh, well, maybe I, you could say Drea took the first shot, but because Jonathan wasn't helping with the net, but also then telling them how to go about the net. Um, in unfolding it or something. And then we see them get into kind of this, you know, back and forth a little bit. And then they go their separate ways and are talking crap on each other. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think, I mean, Nat, you're, you're a bigger guy. I'm sure if you ever played Survivor, you'd be one of the biggest, you know, strongest guys in your tribe. How would you approach like, you know, the rice calories situation of it all? Yeah, that, that's a hard one because um, my family always joked that I had a, a hollow leg because I can eat a lot. If I went on Survivor, it would be rough because I, I'm like Jonathan in that way. I can eat more than most people, uh, even for people my size. Um, and so bigger guys, bigger people, I should say, oftentimes do need to eat more. And then if he's also going out and doing fishing, which I think he is, they're just not showing much of it. Um, he's burning more calories as well. So frankly, I get his point, but just talk to people about it. Communicate, <laughs> right? Like yeah. tell people about that earlier on. Why try to hide? Like it, he's literally like causing this problem on his own. If he would have just communicated at the beginning and told people, Hey, I'm a bigger guy. I need to eat a little bit more. This is why, blah, blah, blah. They would have understood and he would have gotten a bigger portion or like gotten more coconuts or whatever. Like, um, he's just, I think causing a bigger problem than it's worth, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's a really uh, interesting point. I I feel like Jonathan is somebody in these confessionals who says like what he should be doing or want to be doing. Like, I know I can't get hangry. I know I can't get like uh, in a, in a fight, I'll be perceived as this bigger guy who'll be more aggressive, but then he just like can't help himself. And he still like gets into it a little bit or like he wants to like suppress his physical hunger but yet it's still coming out. And so I, I, I think it's really interesting that like his social game is like, you know, the, the part that's lacking here still, it's not necessarily even that his, like, I think it's a great idea to try to eat as much as the same tribe, but if it's not working, I think you're right. Like, let's try to figure out some other situation. And if you're you're with people who want you to be around, like who don't want to vote you out, I think they're going to try to be, you know, like gracious and helping you figure out how to like, not be, so uh hangry but maybe omar likes a hangry jonathan and it's good for his game and so he's gonna keep him hangry i don't know yeah it's possible i also think that you kind of get the situation here where jonathan is lucky to have three other people in the game that have been playing with him the whole time and so they're used to him it's kind of like that annoying brother that like you're just kind of used to like they're they're getting on your nerves but but you it's happened your whole life like so it's you don't think twice about it. Um, and I think that's part of the reason why Drea is probably getting more annoyed. Well, part of it is she was like the, the actual brunt of it, right? Jonathan was very rude to her. But but in general, I, I think Lindsay and Omar and Marianne are probably less annoyed with Jonathan overall because they're just used to him at this point. Yeah, I think it's a, I, I, that's, a, that's another good point. Um, yeah, it is crazy that the Taku 4 are still there. I, I thought they would stick together at the merge and pull in numbers because they were like the most, I felt like, solidified group of people going into the merge. And when you have a chaotic 12, having a group of four that's a type four, like can really be like a good stabilizing force. But I did not expect them to now be, you know, four out of the six people remaining still. Like that is, it's pretty wild that they're still together at this point. And I think a lot of it does have to do with, I, I really think Omar and Lindsay being like this, like th- them being like the two social strategic people in the middle that are like really, you know, keeping Marianne uh, on board, even though she's kind of like on the outs, like she's not been part of that main big majority group that was formed at the merge. 
And then, of course, like, you know, reining Jonathan in and keeping him in the game um, when they had chances to vote him out. Yeah, I, I agree. And I also think it's because they haven't talked about the Taku before in a while. Like, it's not something they're like they're bragging about. It's not something they're bringing up. Uh, and they're they've already all of them have talked about voting Jonathan out at some point. And so it's they're they're. I don't know if they're accidentally stumbling into keeping the Taku for alive or if it's on purpose, but, but they're strategically talking about being willing to vote somebody out from their group. Right? I'm not sure where, where that lies, but either way, it's a great strategy because yeah, they've got protection. Now they have, they have people that they know or have a little bit more confidence in at least that they can count on. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's, it, it is interesting. We, we, we haven't really gotten a clear confessional from let's say Omar or Lindsay about why Marianne exactly is still in the game. I mean, we know how they've kind of voted each round, but um, like uh, even at the beginning of this episode, you see like the the five people. Um, you see, yeah, Drea, Mike, um, Lindsay, Omar, and I'm missing some. Oh, and Jonathan, um, yeah. who are you know remnants of that big group that was that that was formed at the merge, uh, mm-hmm. talking about Romeo and Marianne being on the outs. Um, and so, yeah, like I, I think it is important, like for Omar and Lindsay to to come across as people who'd be willing to get rid of Omar or Marianne, but yet still get their way in keeping her as somebody who clearly they have a, a good working relationship with. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So uh, after this, um, I'm not forgetting a reward challenge, right? There was just one challenge this episode, just the, yeah. uh, the challenge just with the the opportunity. Okay. Yeah. To sit out or compete. Um, and this is a, of course something we saw last season. Uh, but this season, unlike last season, we see the majority of the people sit out versus last season. It was the majority of the people playing. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why I'd love to hear if you have any theories, why it was such a big difference this season versus last season. Um, cause I actually did think, and I, get, I mentioned this the podcast last week that Drea and Mike would also be people who would compete. Um, just because I thought that they both were, you know, they're more of the challenge competitor mindset. Um, they both express that. I also think Drea has a very high risk tolerance uh, in going for things, but maybe they just knew from how dominant Lindsay and Jonathan have been at challenges that like, it was unlikely that, you know, they would win or, you know, get to like close to winning with this kind of like brutal endurance challenge that they saw set up before them. I don't know. Any thoughts on, you know, why people chose to set out this time? Yeah. So I think, the Drea piece is interesting, right? Because she, I think, could have done well in this type of challenge. Um, but why take the risk when she has so many advantages in her pocket still, right? She doesn't have her idol anymore, but she she sells the amulet that she used with Lindsay. If they pair up there, she has the, the knowledge of power, right? So it's like she, she probably felt protected, uh, where she probably didn't think she was going to like be at risk today so or this episode so so why take this risk and and do this this challenge also in past seasons they've done this challenge and not to give too much weight but it can last a really 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 long time hours um and so uh it's possible that she just didn't want to like go through that because going up against somebody like jonathan and then also Lindsay, it could have lasted a really long time um and she probably just didn't think it was worth the risk mike kind of the same thing he probably thought like well if jonathan wasn't here i might might have a shot but with jonathan being here i'm not even gonna gonna try um and he's a competitor and probably thinking of like the bigger competition not the one right in front of them uh omar and marianne i don't think we're ever gonna do this challenge uh, given the opportunity to sit out um and so yeah i think i think for, for Dre and mike it was more about like playing the bigger game than the game right in front of them yeah, I think that 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 makes a lot of sense. I, I think that that has to be their reasoning. I, I now that you're saying it out out loud, um, I think that 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 makes a lot of sense. They took a calculated, you know, the, made a calculated decision to to not risk it this time. I think I just was surprised that neither of them did. But you know, this was a uh, an episode full of surprises and yeah. <laughs> of uh, maybe like statistical uh, anomalies. Um, so. Yeah, and, and I think I think it also plays in like the only people that have won individual immunity are Tori, Jonathan, and Lindsay this season. And when Tori won, Jonathan was second both those times. So 
it's like all the people that chose to sat out have never won an individual immunity. And I don't even think we're getting second. So it, they, I think just took the, the, played the odds, so to speak. And so like, yep, one of those two other people are going to, are going to win this. So I'm just going to let one of them win it. Yeah. Yeah. It would have been interesting to see if it was a puzzle if Jonathan still would have competed. <laughs> <laughs> he probably would have, but that would have been the bad choice. Yeah, Jonathan would have been uh, sitting in front of Je- Jeff, uh, not knowing the answer to the Monty Hall problem either. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh man, that would be I, really rough. I guess it's hard to determine who's last place on a puzzle. I guess you could, you'd have to be the last person to, com- to complete it or something, but uh, sure. <laughs> yeah, I would have loved to see some of, yeah, to see if he would have uh, decided to, to, risk it in that situation um so then yeah okay so we see we see jonathan win um very impressive uh yeah win by jonathan i do think because i was i was confused too because we saw you know famously in david vs goliath we saw this challenge go for like five hours i'm pretty sure it was it was like five or six hours but i think they it seems clear that people have pointed out that they made the footstool a little bit smaller which is why this challenge only lasted about 15 minutes um and i think it has to do particularly with the tight production schedule of the 26 days like and things being much more packed in as far as like a challenge happening the same day as a tribal council whereas usually in the 39 day schedule tribal or immunity challenge is its own day and then tribal council is typically the next day without any you know uh weird twists thrown in there yeah totally and i definitely get the the logic there um it's interesting that people pointed to or online have been pointed to the foot uh the foothold being smaller that may have been the case the more obvious thing that was different from the, the david and goliath um season was the handholds actually from my vantage point okay so if you look at, at jonathan um and Lindsay, their hands are like right behind their ears uh, and jonathan's trying to get different handholds and he's like going out to the end of it but he's still like right above his elbow or his his shoulders um and in david and goliath your hands can be farther out more like a 90 degree angle um and uh probably about like a six inches to a foot away from your head and um, and having that variance of of handholds, not necessarily that like one handle is easier than the other, but you have more options and you're using different muscle groups. And so my guess is the production team changed both the foothold and the handholds. I know they changed the handholds; they're visibly much longer in, in the past season. Um, I, I didn't notice the foothold thing, but if they had changed both, yeah, no wonder this is a, a much shorter challenge. Uh, but also a much harder challenge. So I think kind of fair. Uh, yeah. The other one lasting multiple hours, just kind of ridiculous. And ultimately, I, I, I think the if I remember correctly, someone, whoever lost, just gave up at the end. They, yeah. they could have <laughs> kept going. In this case, Lindsay gave out. She, yeah. she slipped off. She was done. She couldn't hold it anymore. So I, I think maybe a better challenge by making it harder. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's just my take on it. That's really interesting. This is why I need to have, you know, people who watch the challenges more closely than I do come on the <laughs> podcast <laughs> and catch things like this. Um, but uh, yeah, so Jonathan wins. And then of yeah. course we go back to, to camp and, you know, Lindsay pretty much immediately knows like that she made a mistake, like that she, she feels like she shouldn't have, have risked the situation. And she says, you know, the, the competitor nature in her, like, uh, like was just, you know, kicked in and, and she describes this again over at tribal council later in the episode where she says like her, her, like that, that competitive instinct overrode what her gut was saying, which was to, you know, not, not compete. Um, but I, you know, again, she had a great shot. Like Jonathan was really struggling. Like it, it was not this like obvious decision for her to sit out. She's already, you know, won you know, multiple indi- uh, individual challenges so far. Um, and I, I really don't follow her too much, but I was worried for her when the the backstory package came out and they showed her playing, you know, football with all the guys and stuff. I was like, okay, she's done. You know, we got this last episode with High when we got his right. package, and then it was his episode to go home. And uh, I, I just I, I thought like, okay, this is it. They're like trying to make us feel feel bad for her because she's about to like get you know like scold out in the uh, the Monty Hall uh, do or die thing, but. Um, did you, do you feel like, um, well, I guess here's the question. Do you feel like 
she, if you were like, let's say Mike or something, you know, who's really like mm-hmm. giving her props and making her feel good. How do you feel like if you were her ally or somebody in, in the tribe, do you feel like it w- you would have been pissed at her for risking it? Or do you feel like you would have been like understanding? Uh, completely understanding. You can't just let Jonathan win everything, right? If, if she doesn't go and do the challenge, Jonathan clearly is going to win, even if somebody else had decided to. Like that, you can't just give it to him um, because if if you do, then he could make this crazy run and just win all the immunities towards the end, and then he's sitting in the final three. You got to give him some semblance of challenge, and then also, like if he is hangry and he is like physically exhausted, make him more exhausted, <laughs> right? Even if you don't beat him this one, have, making him compete in this one makes it that much harder to compete in the next one, um, yeah. especially against people who didn't have to and are a little bit more rested. All of that's relative because no one's rested in Survivor, but um, but th- that's a it's a taxing thing to do. Um, that, that puts it's going to put a lot of strain on your body, even if it only was like the what people are speculating about fifteen minutes. Like that's still hard, and it, and it puts a lot of strain on your body. Uh, so I, I think good on Lindsay for doing it, and um, and if I was one of her allies, I would have been stoked that she took on the challenge because someone's got to. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really good, good take there. I, I, I very much agree. I think that that like just not letting Jonathan skate by, you know, without having to put up a fight um, is, is something that like, you know, everybody can appreciate from Lindsay. Um, and I, I really just don't think I, she was so hard on herself and I was watching and I was like, man, like, it, you, like you had a good shot to win. Like you, you took a chance. It didn't work out. And I don't think she should be yeah. beating herself up for it, you know, at all. Yeah. And, and I think Jonathan, he, he would have dropped soon after because the second Lindsay's feet hit the ground, Jonathan dropped. So like John, Lindsay gave him a run for the money. He would have dropped very soon after if she was able to hold on just a little bit longer, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other, I think most interesting moment we, we touched on it a little bit before, um, but sure. is the, uh, the moment where Drea chooses to reveal to Omar about her knowledge as power. And of course that sets off an incredible chain of events uh, that unfolds, uh, you know, it, it creates one of the, uh, all time tribal councils, you know, that we've, we've seen in a long time. And, uh, do you feel like Drea made 100% the, the wrong decision to share with Omar? Or do you feel like, you know, there, this was a calculated risk that didn't work out in her favor, but you know, she, uh, she should have done. It was a terrible decision. It was so stupid. What advantage did she have by sharing? <laughs> if she didn't gain anything in it, yeah. and if you watch any season of Survivor, once they start introducing the hidden immunity idols and other advantages, don't let anyone know about it if you can avoid it. The the one of the advantages to any of those types of advantages is keeping it secret and and keeping people on their toes a little bit, and and like sometimes you can like let people in, you can like gain an alliance or, or whatever, right? Dre didn't get that here. It's kind of ridiculous. She just like told him for no reason, completely unprompted, and she didn't get anything from it, and she got screwed in the end. Um, so yeah, it was kind of kind of silly. So I don't really know why she did it. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it was interesting. I think I, I think I know why she did it, which is that she didn't. She wanted to keep Omar's trust. Um, that was at least sure. her like I think her reasoning. Um, I, I agree with you that she should not have done it. Um, but I, I do, I was listening to a podcast this week that had Ricard on it and he had oh, a really okay. good point, um, which is basically what, what you're saying, which is like, should never have told him, you know, how this advantage worked. If she really wanted to give Omar a heads up and if she thought that was important, what she could have done is give him a heads up that something was coming, but not like give him the full, you know, information of how this, this advantage worked. You know, she could have said basically like, you know, I, I have an advantage. Like, again, nobody's ever seen this advantage yet. They didn't see season right. 41. They, they filmed, you know, a few days after season 41. It wasn't on air, you know, until six months after they were done playing their season. And 
I think that Drea could have said there was a there, there's a way like, you know, I have an idle nullifier even or, you know, I, there's a way that I can make sure Mike goes home, even if he has an idol and just leave it at that, you know, and yeah. and just say, like, I pro- like I have a trinket or something, because I don't think anyone like on the island could potentially ever like guess that knowledge is a power is going to be an advantage or something. It, it's like such a weird specific one that takes like multiple steps of asking somebody them having to tell the truth. And then you get whatever advantage they have. Like no one's going to predict that. So I think if you, right. if she really wanted to, I, I thought Ricard had this great idea that like, she could have just given him like half of the picture or like what the outcome was going to be without like, you know, how exactly it's going to, going to get there. Yeah, Totally. But even still, even with that, like, I don't know what advantage she would get unless the point of that would have been to, like, vote out Mike, right? And, but, like, people are wary because they know he has an idol. Yeah. But I don't think that was the place she was going for. I think she was just trying to tell Omar and get something off her chest, maybe. I don't really know. But either way, it was the wrong play because <laughs> she didn't do what Ricard suggested there. Um, and she went home because of it, which is – it's kind of a tragedy because she had so many advantages. She, she didn't make the best use of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Which I, I again, I'll take a little victory lap here. I, I said that Dre was going to, you know, be the one to shoot her eye out. I gave her that award I think back in like week <laughs> did. four or something when she was starting to collect these things. And I just, it has nothing to do with Drea personally, why I was like making that call. It really sure. had everything to do with the kind of mindset that happens with people who collect more than one advantage at the same time. Like, we've seen multiple times people get voted out with multiple idols or advantages or whatever in their possession. And I think it's because they, they get too overconfident and feel kind of, yep. and there are clear exceptions to this um, in people who play with multiple advantages or idols and use them well. But I do think there is, unless it's really like checked, like this invincible, like feeling that you have, cause you feel so protected by these things when really the only thing that can protect you in this game is your social bonds with other people. Like, you know, you're never going to win every immunity challenge. You're never going to have an idol to protect you at every single vote. And it really, you know, has to come down to your social connections and how you're leveraging that. So I appreciate her attempt to try to keep Omar on board, but yeah, this is not the way to do it. Uh, And I think Omar, honestly, I don't even know if he wanted Drea out this episode in any way, but I just think the, 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 the tantalizing option of doing this big move against her, which is like to like too tempting for him to pass up oh yeah a hundred percent yeah it's very it seems like an opportunistic move but also credit to him for doing it because she's a good player socially so if she had gone beyond this point she would have been a really strong uh strong play to the end um in terms of like a potential win definitely yeah i think that she yeah she had huge win equity it's hard to know exactly without you know knowing who she'd sit next to and what's going to happen in the next few few rounds um for people to get to the end but i think drea was has to be in the top tier of people who in everybody's mind could win the season um everybody out there so the <laughs> the next big thing that comes though is the 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 do or die twist they get to travel's council and we see you know Lindsay um go up there now nat w- before season 41 were you familiar with the the monty hall problem and kind of the statistics behind it yeah I didn't know it as the Monty Hall problem, but I knew it from like people talking about like game shows when there's like the three doors, right? Like I can't remember what that old game show was called, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but yeah, you, if they give you an opportunity to switch, you always switch. Uh, yeah. It's just this like statistics that, that I knew about roughly speaking, uh, even though I failed statistics in college. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it seems like, like basic, basic logic uh, to me and also yeah i i'd heard about the general principle prior to, to the last season okay yeah well one person who clearly had never heard of the monty hall problem was roxroy on the <laughs> trip. and i yeah. know this was one of your texts to me right after the episode which is like you see you have high data analysts on the jury mouthing you know switch and then you have roxroy sitting right next to him yelling stay and or whispering stay and yeah. i just thought that was such a good picture of you know like Roxroy and High's game where High has, you know, he knows the right moves to make. That was never his issue. And Roxroy has no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. Here's a, here's the thing though, with, with all of these, the, all the talk about like, Oh, you always switch. You always switch. Right. You're playing the odds there. And, and everyone that has like 
game played it out and done like hundreds of thousands of iterations of this. And it's like, yeah, most of the time switching is the statistical right thing to do here. The thing with last season and this season, they're only doing it once. Sure. Right. So they, they only got to get lucky once. And <laughs> the reality is like all of the choices have the same option, like the same probability. Their first choice does. Yeah. 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 And the, the first choice does. And their the next choice, like, the probability changes, but it doesn't go down to zero first ticking either. So sure. it's like, it's like two seasons in a row, people get lucky, so to speak, but you're going to get lucky either way. You're rolling the dice, right? That's why I equated it earlier to Vegas. Cause it really, really is. And sometimes people walk away lucky and, and they win a whole lot, um, which might happen to Lindsay this season with this play. Yeah. Yeah, I think, and I think the other thing that's not accounted for when, you know, like in a vacuum, you're always supposed to switch because you get that extra, you you double your odds from 33% sure. chance to 66% chance because Jeff knows which one isn't in the, you know, which one is the fire, which one's the skull of the two that you didn't pick. So he, you know, flips over the skull. So you know that Jeff knew the other one was definitely... Uh, not the skull. So there could be a fire in that one, or there could be a skull in yours. And so at this point, you you if you switch, you get the odds of that open one. Again, I can Google Monty Hall and YouTube or whatever it is. Yeah. And get a, a longer explanation that's long, much easier, better explained than what I could do on this podcast. But what's not in what's not what doesn't go into account there is Jeff as the host as well. And I think there. Uh, fair point. I wonder if there's something in the way that he's just like non-verbally like giving away which one the box is like in kind of like this one will keep you like one will keep you safe. And he's putting his hand over one and like probably not on purpose. I don't think Jeff is like trying to like, like, you know, wink, wink, it's this box. I just think like Jeff isn't a professional game show host who opens doors up every single week on his show and is like trying to like is practiced and not giving away. This is something unique to Jeff in the last two seasons. Again, like hundred percent. It's only two data points we have, and Jeff only has two times of you know of doing this uh, in front of a live audience of a jury and you know Lindsay's tribe mates, and so I think like I think the fact that you know it could just be a, a lucky one in nine shot, which is like eleven percent chance of this happening normally in a vacuum that two people would both pick the box on their first guess and not switch and still be correct. That's a one in nine chance. That's one third yep. times one third, eleven percent. But uh, that doesn't account for, again, body language, nonverbals, things that go outside of just the cold calculated odds. And so I think the optimal play, if this happens again, Nat, if you're on Survivor season you know, <laughs> 43, uh, I think the optimal play is to try to pick one box. If you have a gut instinct that Jeff's like leaning towards the center one, the optimal play is to try to pick a different box than that. And then uh -huh. what will happen is, is that Jeff will then, he'll 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 say do you want your original box and then it'll open a different one and then you could switch to that middle box and see if your gut was right or it'll give you a chance for jeff to open up the middle box uh you know and, and show that your gut was wrong on the first guess so i think that like if you can go with your gut still on what you're picking up in the nonverbal cues subconsciously whatever but just just pick a different one so that you can switch sure. that one when jeff gives you the option yeah and and you know what thank god that Lindsay pulls the fire emblem because yes. everything else that happens afterwards wouldn't have happened I, omar has the, the great confessional where he's breaking down all the different things that could happen he could go with you know mike he could go with drea about who he wants to vote out he could steal drea's uh, uh, use you know use this thing to to nullify drea's advantage and then vote out drea or you could use this thing to nullify drea's advantage and vote out mike still like he has like all these options and he's talking through them and then he just says but if Lindsay goes home, then none of this really matters. And it yep. just is like, it's so close. Like, I hate that they do this at the final seven, that they did this at the final seven both times. The final seven is historically like the most exciting vote in Survivor. This is where things yep. like get really shaken up, where front runners get voted out, where like idols come out because things like, because it's really, really, really close to the, the, the end game here. And the fact that they did this at the final seven is just like, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Do it at the final eight. Final eight is usually a boring vote, but I think they want to spread out these like weird, like episodes. Cause they did the, the nine and 10 votes were with the unmerged thing. So they probably want to yep. vote in between or something, but 
I don't know. We're, we were almost robbed of what happens next because if, if Lindsay had, had drawn, you know, the skull, which according to math, she was 66% likely to do. Yep. <laughs> it feels like from what we've talked about that you were, you felt like this was a good move on Omar to take Dre out. Am I, am I correct in, in hearing what you're saying there? Yeah. So from Omar's perspective, right? You can't take out Jonathan. He wins immunity. Can't take out Lindsay because she just got saved. You're not taking out Marianne and you're not taking out uh, Romeo. Because if that's the final three, Omar, Marianne, Romeo, Omar wins hands down a unanimous vote, most likely. Uh, maybe Marianne gets one or two, but Omar wins that. Um, and so it comes down to for Omar, Mike or Drea. And, and the reality is like, Mike, as much strategy as he thinks he's playing, he's not. The rest of them are letting him think he's dictating votes, in my opinion. Um, and letting him kind of take that, like, he thinks he's leading the charge, but, like, the rest of them are talking behind him and saying, like, yes or no. Um, and so I think he did the really smart move here of those two options and taking out the better strategic player here that if in the final three he could have lost to. He might still lose to Mike, but it's not because of strategy. He might lose to Mike because of other social dynamics, but Omar is definitely the better strategic player over Mike. So eliminate Drea, eliminate the person that could come back and, and bite him in the butt. And also by doing what he did with Mike and, and like kind of saving his idol in, in a lot of ways, um, he earns the trust of Mike and Mike historically from a bunch of different votes, loves people that like, have his back right now it'll be interesting to see what happens next season does omar give the next episode i mean does omar give the idol back right um or does yeah uh does he hold on to it we'll we'll see what happens here but at this point he has mike in his pocket now by by voting dre out after dre tried to take the idol so i think from omar's perspective this was the perfect vote for him yeah I, I, I agree. I, I, I went back and forth because I thought I think Mike is also has winner equity. And it sounds like I'm a little higher on Mike than you are, because um, I just think that, like, even if he doesn't have a big move on his resume, like Mike is really clearly really well liked and respected. And they find him to be very reasonable and logical in how he yeah. responds. I think you're right, though, that Omar knows that he lied to Mike. And so Omar for sure knows that, like, Mike is not like the strategic mastermind that maybe some other people might be giving him credit for. Um, so if yeah. Omar and Mike are at the end, Omar has a lot over Mike. He could play a lot of cards to say, Hey, you know, that high vote that, that was actually me. I made up this lie that convinced you, you know, your idol, I was the one that saved you. You would have been going home that night. Cause Dre would have just robbed your idol and you know, people would have voted you out. And so, yeah. like, you know, if, if Omar, uh, Mike is now a great person for Omar to take to the end. And I think for that reason, I think Omar will give Mike his idol back. Um, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll see, but it would be really antisocial and a very like, like cutthroat move to, to not give his idol back um, because you'd have to be at camp with somebody like that who, you know, Mike would just take that really badly. But I, I, I and I think that Omar um, doesn't want to make an enemy. Like I said, yep. idols can get you far, but the most important thing is social bond. So if he has another person who really does trust him implicitly moving forward from this moment, then I think that's worth more than an idol. The only caveat though, that I'm worried about is that Omar is one of the only people left without an idol. And that's where I'm getting a little nervous for him. He doesn't know about Marianne's idol. Um, but you know, Lindsay now has this activated amulet, which is an idol that has to be played next vote. So Lindsay's playing her idol no matter what. She's safe. Uh, yep. you know, then we have Mike with his idol. Well, Omar with Mike's idol. And then we right. have uh, Marianne with her idol. And then let's say Jonathan wins immunity. If they, if those four people all play their idols in an idol chain, you know, Mike gets up, plays his idol. Then all of a sudden Marianne feels nervous. She plays her idol. Then Lindsay plays her idol. You know, like we could see a, a, yeah. a, a chain of events happen where only Omar and Romeo are left to, to be voted out. Um, and in that case, like who would ever vote out Romeo, you know, like, because, uh, again, like I, I just, I can't see why Romeo would get voted out. So, well, Jonathan would, Jonathan would oh, vote out Romeo. Oh, oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like, so you, in that situation, Jonathan's going to put at least one vote on Romeo. So it, 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 there's Omar has some breathing room there a little bit where he might be able to make a play, but 
Um, but yeah, you're making a good good point. Like he is a little vulnerable with so many immunities, immunity idols out there, especially yeah. with one that he doesn't know about in Marianne. Yeah. And I, so this is why I think as far as my prediction next week goes is I think Omar will target Romeo. I, the week before, I couldn't really see any reason why anybody would get voted out or anybody mm-hmm. would want to vote Romeo out because he's a perfect person to go to the end. But I think if you're Omar, you, you, you should feel pretty confident that you could beat anybody at the end of this point. Um, yes. You know, maybe Lindsay, you might want to vote her out because you two have been voting together for the majority of votes. So it'd be good to differentiate yourself at the end. And she's also clearly, you know, been really good at tribal council, being empathetic towards, you know, a lot of, you know, different people and close with them as well. So I would be a little threatened by Lindsay, but even then I would probably like risk it if I was Omar to go to the end with her. Um, yeah. But not see that as the end of the world. So if you're Omar, Romeo is just somebody who's clogging up a final spot for you. And so I just think if you're the top dog like that, like, and, and, and especially when people aren't aware you're the top dog, I think just cutting like the bottom person out so that, so that the threats, other people start targeting each other. Um, I, I, I think Romeo might be somebody really, you know, really good for, for Omar to target here. Yeah, I think so. Cause Jonathan, this episode clearly was willing to vote for Romeo because he was like, just annoyed at him. Um, and, and so was Mike. And Mike was already talking about like, like oh yeah, let's get down to the final like th- like four or five. I can't remember the number he was at, but a core people of like that are actually playing really really hard, right? So Mike doesn't want to bring these like quote unquote like lower players like along to the end as like easy non votes at the end, right? Um, and so Omar could do that. He could get Jonathan and Mike on board to vote Romeo out. Um, and here's the thing though, I, I think he would do that unless Jonathan loses immunity. Yeah. If Jonathan loses immunity at any point going forward, he's the target. Um, well, maybe I not. Think, the, yeah. I, I think, I, I think yeah. Omar might want to keep Jonathan as well though, because Jonathan is somebody who, if he's loyal to Omar, he's not going to beat Omar in the end. I know like you had messaged about this last week about like, is it even worth voting out Jonathan? Because yeah. like he, if you, I think if you're Lindsay, you got to get Jonathan out because you have a chance to win some immunities down the stretch with especially yeah. Dre out now as well. Who's also athletic. Like if you can get Jonathan out, Lindsay has a chance to like win out in immunities. And then that could be a really, really good run for her too. If she dictates a couple of votes along the way. But I think if you're Omar and you feel like Jonathan, like, does see you as someone he'd want to take to the end, then I Mm -hmm. think like, you know, it might be fine to let Jonathan win immunities and then, you know, to to be able to vote somebody out like Mike or Lindsay. Um, So yeah. I mean, other people, I agree. If you're Mike, if you're Lindsay, vote Jonathan. Like, yeah. Or really anybody else besides Omar. I think Jonathan should go for them. But um, yeah, I think, I think Omar, I mean, again, he could beat anybody. So it's just like, finding the people who will take you to the end um, is like the, the only thing that really is a consideration for him. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm, it's going to be really interesting to see how the giving back of the idol goes. Um, Cause if it's anything, I think if it's anything other than right when they get back to camp from tribal council, Mike's going to hold that against Omar and it's going to cause like a, a, a domino effect that, who knows where it goes? Because uh, I'm Mike. I love him, and I do think he has a potential to win at the end here. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think it's because of strategy. I think it's because he's well liked by everyone, um, even as people are, are getting voted out by him. Right with Drea, right? She she was kind of excited to be voted out here, right? Uh, and was okay with with uh, with Mike being part of that. Um, and so I, I think Mike has a chance to win. But I think he can get a little too uh, focused in on being like someone being like stabbing in the in the back, right? Or or like like lying to him or whatnot. I mean, at the end of the day, this is Survivor after all. He kind of should expect that a little bit. But he takes him so personally, yeah. and it's possible that like he kind of goes off the rails. Omar still has the idol and he's the one that gets voted out because people are annoyed at him, kind of getting kind of pissed off at, at the situation. But uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, it'll definitely be interesting to see what Omar does there. Yeah, yeah. 
All I know is I have faith in him. Whatever decision he he makes, I believe is going to be the right one. (laughs) I can't doubt him at this point. I I mean, I'm not saying that Omar is like, you know, like definitively going to win this season. Sometimes it feels pretty obvious at this point who the winner is going to be. Um, But I, I, I'm not sure about Omar. Um, Last week I was really low on Omar just because I felt like, things are going to catch up to him. I, I feel like he pulled off another great move this episode that kept his threat level. It raised his threat level a little bit. Andrea telling everybody that Omar was the one that knew about the the advantage, but it didn't yeah. like put him in the spotlight in a way that like he brought Lindsay in, he told her the plan. He brought Mike in obviously to, you know, give him the idol. And so I think it like he used it to connect people instead of like elevating just himself into the spotlight. And so yeah. I, um, I, yeah, I just thought he finessed it so well. So I, 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 I'm done doubting Omar. Make Omar my winner pick of the season because I don't know what else to do at this point. Like I just gotta say that he he's likely to win. Um, according to the survey, Mike was about sixty percent of the vote. So people are are still pretty high on Mike, and he's in a good position. If Omar gives him his idol back. Of course, you know, um, I I think Mike has a lot of good winner equity if he gets to the final tribal council with his ability to speak and connect with people. Um, and then Omar has about 20%. And then just below Omar, Marianne has about 19%. So um, give well, one vote for Lindsay. I didn't submit this week. <laughs> on this. I'm on the Lindsay train. Okay. That, well, that's what I was going to ask. So you, you, if you, Lindsay would be your top pick to win this season at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Omar is up there too, but Lindsay is, is definitely my winner pick at this point, And she has been for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I think she's playing a really good end game. Um, and at some point, Jonathan's not going to win an immunity challenge. And Lindsay will, especially now that Dre is gone, she'll seize that moment and get Jonathan voted out um, is kind of what I'm predicting here. Um, and with, with Jonathan voted out, she can go on a run like you were talking about earlier um, and, and win her way in challenges to the end, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I, I yes, I think there's a really good path for Lindsay to get to the end, especially if she gets Jonathan out um, sooner rather than later. So, um, I, yeah, what's what's great about this point right now is, like I said, it's not a clear, obvious winner. There's not even a yeah. clear, obvious person to like root for against everybody else. Like I, sure, there's a lot of really fun, good people who could win this show. I think Romeo's pretty much drawing dead, and Jonathan is yeah. is has a very 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 slim chance of winning. It's probably just that there's a surprise final two, and it's him and Romeo at the end. Uh, <laughs> uh, but outside of that um, happening, um, I don't see Jonathan winning the season with how many times sure. he stuck his foot in his mouth, and then also you know made people feel uncomfortable with the way that he's talked with them. So yeah, uh, it's hard to win Survivor, you know, when you have enough of those moments. Um, yeah yeah i agree the one person we haven't touched on and this is kind of like i'm i'll ask you know if you have any other hot takes we haven't discussed but the one person we really haven't touched on too much is marianne and i just i I do want to throw out there that i think of course marianne's edit the way that she's presented on the show is really really positively and like besides just like again the they're making her story really really positive and giving her a good narrative arc besides the edit stuff like she's also somebody who I would be kind of afraid of at the end, just her ability to speak passionately and so clearly and connect with people like to make them laugh, to also like share about like, um, you know, from her perspective, like with the analogies, with her backstory, like she just checks so many boxes as like a public speaker, not in like the like um, Toastmasters formula of like, this is how you like give a good speech type of thing. I just think like her sure. like charisma is is so like clear and kind of dangerous that I would be I would be afraid to sit next to her at the final tribal council even if she doesn't have all these big moves um, you know to like put on her resume I, I just I think she's such a good speaker that I would be be pretty nervous. Oh yeah, yeah, she definitely has has a shot. Uh, I think I would say more than a puncher's chance to win, um, and I think a, a large part that is because of what you just outlined but also if she plays the idol well that no one knows about no one knows she has right so it's going to be shocking and if she can play that well for her or for somebody else and and make a big impact on the next vote or two it really could cement her as a big threat to win at the end um 
and and that idol could help her get to the end also um if she if she plays it right either by saving herself or, or a big ally um like it, if she this is a hypothetical here but if she does it to save romeo right to, to keep him because they, they've in past episodes they've gotten kind of close right or, or something big like that that's kind of shocking that uh that saves somebody completely unexpected it really could cement her as a strategic player along with the charisma that she has. Yeah. That's a, that's a really good point. That's a really good point that if she has like a, a, a top notch end game here in the next few rounds, um, yeah, she definitely could, could win based on much more than just, again, her backstory and ability to speak um, passionately and clearly. So um, any, any last thoughts Ned? I, yeah, before we wrap up here, any other hot takes or, uh, you know, things that we didn't discuss that you feel like you just got to get off your chest here. Um, the one thing is just, it's really interesting to see how both high and Drea were like excited to get voted out. <laughs> yes. Thank you. <laughs> like, thank you for touching on this. In a row, um, which, uh, I, I think it's fine to be pissed about getting voted out, right? You're playing a big game, especially to get backed up. Nothing wrong with like being pissed initially, but it's really interesting because we've got at least two jury members that are probably not going to hold grudges for voting for somebody at the end to win, even if that person voted them out. Where yeah. in, in the in past seasons of Survivor, that was a big thing. Like people that you had a big hand voting out probably weren't going to vote for you at the end i don't think that's going to be the case this season um which which helps somebody like omar and mike frankly yeah yeah thank you for bringing that up Uh, that was by far the most cited when i asked what your favorite moment of the episode was uh response in the in that question this week on the listener survey was yeah that exchange between Dre and mike you know like do you put two votes on me yeah i put two votes on you and yeah. like i'm still gonna visit you in canada uh i thought that was it was great and i um i agree i i i kind of like when there's some salty jury members up there um sometimes because yeah. it can make the votes more unpredictable um, you know, like, is this person going to be pissed about being backstabbed or are they going to, you know, give them credit? But I, I love to see like that. It, it's, it's fun in games. It's for, it is for a million dollars. So I do not fault anybody for being upset, especially in the moment. Now, of course, you yeah. mean, or, you know, like, uh, aggressive or put people down or something for that. But like, you know, if they're just, if they're just frustrated and upset, then by all means, I, probably would be too, you know? Uh, yeah. But I, I think there's also something to say with like a, like there's, there can be like a spirit of the season, like a, a like um, personality to the season almost or in the cast. Yeah. I think this is like, this isn't like a super gamer heavy cast. I, like I said, they're all very strategically minded and, and mm-hmm. have a lot of game, but it's not like just pure game bots. Like uh, there's a lot of great personalities and even tensions and conflicts, but it is cool to see that like they are, you know, like they respect each other on like a baseline level to be able to like joke about that stuff. And I think high probably set the tone getting voted out like that in a way that like yeah. helps, you know, Drea to, to respond like that as well. I didn't like how she narrated, like or she went through and, and, and revealed all that stuff. I think once you're voted out, like Jeff always says, like once you're voted, once the votes have been read, you know, like, uh, please leave the tribal council area immediately. You know, that's like part yeah. of his, his phrase. I don't know if he's dropped it. I'm going to have to go back and like look more closely, but I think like there is something like that you're on the jury. The moment you, you, that vote is read, like that last vote that you're voted out. Jeff says like the, you know, even before he says the tribe has spoken, like you are a jury member at that point. And the jury is not supposed to interact with people. And I think it's kind of, kind of sucks to give away information. I, I'm not, I know she didn't do it to be like, particularly salty she did say in her exit press that she did say that that um mike getting her vote in the end or was going to win in the end was like a kiss of death she did mean that to like put a target on mike um, interesting so she, she she was being a little salty even if she was doing it with a smile uh and, and i think i just think that 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 kind of sucks like it just kind of sucks like, yeah that someone can do that without there being like kind of like consequences or like jeff reining them in but you know, it was a good fun moment. And I, I think that's why he probably let it go because he knew it was going to make good TV. Yeah, totally. It, it definitely made for good TV. It was interesting for sure. But in future seasons, I wouldn't hate for Jeff stepping in there and kind of like putting the kibosh on that. Uh, Cause it does 
it's going to change things, right? People are now going to look at Mike differently and Omar differently. And it's, you are a jury member at that point too. So it's, yeah, I don't want to see that too much more in the future, uh, but it was entertaining. It made for a good end of the episode. <laughs> Yeah, and and it's 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 nice to see that there's a fun spirit for sure. Like I don't I don't Definitely. think that, like that 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 was really really fun to see, and you could tell Jeff loved it too. And uh, you know I don't I don't watch Survivor for like the most intense drama. Like you know that's right. like that's something that plenty of other reality TV shows have that Survivor doesn't need more of. I think I, I love that it's a fun game with high stakes and a lot of different personalities. Um, but you know it, it I'm I'm glad when it's kept on a, on a lighter note on a friendlier, totally. friendlier terms there. All right. Well, uh, Nat, thanks. Thanks for joining me, man. I, I appreciate you coming in and talking survivor. Um, now I guess I'm going to have to, uh, to point you in the direction of Australian survivor now that you're running <laughs> <of> American seasons. <laughs> no, it's been great being on here. Thank you for having me. I, I think the, uh, this has been a really, really fun, uh, episode and I'm, I'm really thankful that you had me on for, to talk about this episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I haven't watched any Australians or ever, so I'm down to let you get me get get me hooked on on that as well. So. <laughs> yeah, there's there's more. There's always more. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, man. Well, thanks again, Matt. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening in here, and I'll see you after the next episode. <laughs>